Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, you are back once again with the Genegade Master. It's Jen, pre COVID comedian and technically now post COVID because I did do a gig the other week. I know, uh, pre COVID comedian, Twitch streamer, and YouTuber. And unbelievably, now getting into TikTok. That's right, baby, the 38-year-old is now into TikTok. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I had a whole thing about watching lesbian TikToks for literally the last year, but I never thought I'd start making TikTok. But here we are. Jenny Gain Master, obviously, if you're interested. Here we are again with this week's No Straight Answers, the LGBT Plus podcast where I speak to members of the community. We record these live on twitch.tv slash Master, so people can ask questions live and that kind of thing. Um, last week's super secret special guest did pan out and turned out to be... I say turned out to be like I didn't book him. <laughs> it turned out to be the comedian John Robertson, also known as Robertron on Twitch, who was a very, very nice man who spoke with me despite having covid so there's something. 
Um, his podcast will be out in a couple of weeks' time. Absolutely lovely one. Just such a nice open man. And I'm sure I will gush relentlessly about him when we get to his episode. Today's guest is the wonderful Twitch streamer, Kai A.D. Smith. Kai A.D. Kada Kidi. Um, which is a joke that we get onto because she's very, very accepting about how you pronounce her name. Um, for me, I take it from Danganronpa V3 because obviously Kaiedi, I say obviously like everybody's played Danganronpa, Kaiedi was the main character of Danganronpa V3. And I love her. So that's how I'm pronouncing it. But we talk about uh, what a straight passing relationship is. Um, the kind of things that families possibly do to keep you from being entirely open about who you are. Um, and also, we discovered that we were both absolutely obsessed with queer as focused teenagers. Who knew? It's almost like television was trying to tell us something. Um, there's a bonus appearance from Dexter the Dog, so see if you can spot him. It was one I couldn't edit around, so enjoy. And I'll catch you after this. So please welcome my guest... Kaiedi. Hi. Hello. Hi, Kaiedi. Hello, friend. How are you doing? I'm okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. I'm a Kaiedi kid. Um, <laughs> Kaiedi. Um, it's the worst name, but uh, I'm Kate Smith uh, on Twitch and Twitter and all the good places. Um, been streaming since uh, oh, like October last year, I think. Wow. Um, I'm from Glasgow. Probably tell from the accent, although it's not like a Glaswegian accent. You know, it's a, <laughs> a Scottish I mean, it's not accent, Welsh, is it? <laughs> yeah, no, not quite. Um, and yeah, I, I do streamy things and play games, and um, I'm addicted to GTA roleplay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a it's a scourge. It's a it's a scourge on us. So I, yeah. I I did want to discuss the pronunciation of your name because here's here's the thing, right? I have asked you how you like to pronounce it, and you've basically gone whatever. Because yes. to me, right, I take it because I'm such a bloody Danganronpa nerd. In Danganronpa V3, the main character is called Kaiedi. So to yeah. me, that's how it's said. But yeah. you don't say it like that, though, do you? Or do you sometimes? No, because <laughs> when I got the name, it was from a game, but they never said the name. So I had, like, totally bastardized it. And I was like, oh, no, that's Kate. So I just pronounced it Kate. Um, and then it wasn't until someone was like, oh, that's a Japanese name. And mm. you can pronounce it, like, Kaede or Kaede. And I was like, and it's something everyone asks me. And I'm like, I should have just picked a, <laughs> maybe, you know, a Scottish name, you know? I like what that you've up, just gone um, like, well, hey, however you want to pronounce it, it's fine. Yeah, because it's something that brings people a lot of anxiety. And I totally mm. understand that. Yeah. But I'm kind of like, I literally don't care. I like, the fact that you're mentioning me at all is, is lovely. <laughs> so... I think that I think there's repulse is something similar, doesn't he? Where it's like you can call me a man, you can call me a woman, just so long as you call me. Yeah, as long as you're talking about me, I don't give a shit. Just give me a bit of attention and it's all fine. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> so how about then, if we start with how about if you talk about when you found out that you weren't straight? Did was that an easy process or did it just kind of did you always know? Did it come to you later? It was a confusing process mm -hmm. um, because 
Um, as I, when I was growing up, um, I don't think I had much access to anything. Like, I knew about being gay, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew I wasn't gay because I was like, well, I'm not, I'm attracted to men as well, you know? Yeah. So I, I knew I wasn't that. So then I was like, oh, well, I must be straight then, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. it kind of felt, and like, I mean, I'm going back a bit, right? Because we are, we are uh, you know, we're, we're getting on the very age, old. We? We're very, very <laughs> old. <laughs> we're all dusty, right? And back then, so I'm talking about like late 80s, 90s, you still heard the whole like, you know, bisexuals are greedy, mm-hmm. you know, or it's for people who just want to like have sex with lots of people and they have like loose morals and all that kind of shit. So that definitely left a negative impact on me. And I was just like, well, I'm not gay, so I must be straight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that must be it. And I, I literally went through life being attracted to the same sex as well as the opposite sex. But just being like, well, that's what everyone does, isn't it? Everyone <laughs> finds women attractive because they're pretty. Like, such women a are really, really pretty. Such and, a classic. you know, yeah. And, well, I've, I've found out that a lot of people go through this because it's mm. like, it's just like, well, you know, I, I, of course I'm attracted to them. They're pretty. And I always, I had that thing. Do you remember, like, the whole, um, when there was, what were they called in the 90s? And it was, like, the girls who would, like, drink beer and they were, like, cool. Oh, like Ladette culture. Ladette, yeah. yes. And that know. definitely... Like influenced me because I remember being like, "Well, I'm not a girly girl," mm. and I could be like, "I could be cool with the guys because I could be like, hey, look at that attractive woman over there.' I'm a you know, this <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm like totally, I'm cool, you know. And then, so like, you know, like, and then there would be like nightclubs and like sometimes like you get drunk with your friends and you'd like kiss them, but that was like, oh, it's so funny. Like we're you know we're just doing it for the boys. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just having a laugh. We're just dancing together. So it was really, really, really confusing. Mm-hmm. And it's only I would only say it was in the last couple of years. Um, I think I became online a lot more. I think I read a lot more than I ever had done. Yeah, and. It just made me sort of realize that actually there are people who are totally straight out there. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. there are people who do not find the same sex attractive. And I went, oh. Oh, okay. Right. And Mm. then, you know, went through a sort of period of thinking about it and kind of realizing that I've actually been... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, bisexual or pansexual, I still sort of, you know, um, I'm not sure which one I fit into. Yeah. Um, but I've been that literally my whole life. Yeah. You know, so it's confusing. It's nice now. Yes. And I feel better now to understand it. But very, very confusing for many, many, many years. I feel like it takes a lot of the pressure off once you finally accept that, oh, regardless of whether I know my label or not, I I know that something more about me and I understand myself a little bit more. Um, Like, I I feel the same way as you do in that I think there is, I think it says a lot about our culture in that it's like, oh, aren't women, all the women are pretty. All girls, fancy girls a little bit. It's like, yeah, but they don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a common sign. It it really is. um, 
it's just like it seems to be accepted and the weird thing is that doesn't go the other way no it's not accepted that men will find other men attractive Mm -hmm. but it is accepted or seen as like you know normal don't Mm -hmm. use that word but you know i mean it's seen as um normal that a woman will be straight but still find women attractive yeah but it's not the other way around and that's a whole kettle of you know double standards fish you know to get into i feel like that Um, ties into the whole like because women are so hypersexualized in society thing so it's just like oh of course you fancy women everybody fancies women yeah not everybody does it turns out You see a lot more, I think you see a lot more of women's bodies yes, yeah, in yeah. general, mm-hmm. you know, and it is more like that's an aesthetic thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird because I was like, I would always look at, you know, if you look at traditional male attractiveness, so the, the muscles and, you know, the stuff, and I never found that attractive. But with women, it was like everything was attractive. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's just such a confusing kind of thing to get through. And, like, I hope it's easier now. I hope it's easier mm-hmm. for younger people now who can, can you know, can realise that actually, you know, it's not, it's not normal, you know. I don't want to say it's not normal, but you know what I mean. Like, not every, there are people who are totally straight out there. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't. I didn't understand that for a long time. No, I don't think you do. And and I think, like, I know that I was guilty of, before I knew that I was into women, I was so guilty of going, oh, well, I really, really fancy women, but I, c- I could never sleep with one. Never. That was, all, yeah. that was always my argument. And then yeah. as you start accepting a bit more, you go, oh, no, actually, you could. <laughs> yeah. I do remember distinctly, like, in my, like, 20s, being like, oh, yeah, yeah you know, I love women, but I could never be in a relationship yep. with one. Yeah, you know, as as if like it was just setting up the borders, as if it was yeah. just like it's like a justification no. thing, isn't it? It's like, well, no, yeah. I, like I'm clearly still straight because I'm just saying they're yeah. pretty, but I could never be yes. with one. <laughs> and that that's that's the stage, you know. That's the once you once you go over that step, then you're fully gay. You know? <laughs> I think it's interesting what you say about our sort of youth as well, because I I cannot tell you for how long I thought Freddie Mercury was gay. Because it was like, like for the longest time, that's how he was presented in media. That's how my parents used to refer to him as. And it was, mm-hmm. I think I must have been in my 20s even before. It was like, oh, no, he was bisexual. I was like, oh, oh, OK. Yeah. It was genuinely news to me because it was never presented. Like, yeah. like when we were kids, it was essentially you were either gay or straight. I would say yeah. it didn't it wasn't yeah. really an option like you said it was like people who were confused or they were a bit greedy yeah. or whatever it was it was always painted as such a negative way like mm. you have to choose a lane yes choose your lane you know and like we're we're accepting well you know <laughs> we're not we're getting more but... <laughs> accepting of people being gay but you know you need to choose your lane mm. you can't be in between be and also you can't switch between them either no you know because sexuality gotta, isn't fluid, I'm afraid. It's entirely rigid. No. <laughs> you got to get it stamped on your head, and then that's your... Got to get it right this time. That's it. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. It, it's very, very, very odd. Um, and, like, I don't know what that is. I don't know, you know, I know that sort of bisexual erasure is a thing that does happen yeah. a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you say, you know, Freddie Mercury being a good example of mm-hmm. it. Um, and, like... 
I don't know if it's like, you know, in a way the media and that was kind of going like, okay, well, we can have positive gay representation, but let's not go too far. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's not go too far. One step at a time kind of thing. Um, not everybody I mean, can be even, accepted. <laughs> no, no, no. Just a like, handful. we get one every 10 years, right? <laughs> Queue up and it'll be your chance yeah. next, you know? Um, and yeah, like, I mean, even now, I don't know how much bisexual, positive bisexual mm. representation is out there. Yeah. You know, it's still, it's still very unrep- underrepresented, I think. Yeah, like, I see so much of it. Like, I follow all these, like, Twitter accounts that are specifically for, like, bi and pan people. And I see so much of their, like, well, they get, they get like we do. Essentially, they get really het up about what they're seeing about the kind of bi and pan erasure. Mm-hmm. And you just see them give all these examples and just think, why is this still a problem for people? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do not have an answer for mm-hmm. it because it mystifies me. Um that you know we seem to be more willing to accept certain things but not others yeah. you know it is like why can we not just i mean you know talking about a utopia here but mm-hmm. why can we not just accept that there's all different things yeah it's you know um it's very confusing and i think i think people still have a lot of negative like opinions and thoughts about mm. you know i am pansexuality um, I think it's still seen as a choice, you know? Yeah. It's still seen like, well, if, if you're, like, pansexual, you could choose, you know? Um, and, you know, and then you've got the whole, like, well, it must mean that you're, like, 50-50 yeah. attracted to men and women. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that either. Mm-hmm. All it means is you're not attracted to either the same sex or the opposite sex. I think, to a degree, so, there's also a certain shame, like, internal shame almost, imposed by society but there's like a kind of internal shame about if you think that you're bi and then it turns out that you're not bi like it's almost like a you feel like you've betrayed the bisexual community but by not yeah. being a proper bi and then also other yeah. people go well see we knew we knew we knew you were never really bi we knew you're on the way to somewhere so it's yeah. like i still haven't nailed down what the label is at all but at this point yeah. it's probably about 90 10 women to men yeah. And it's like, I like yeah. I quite like men. I don't know that I ever want to be with another one, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah. But, but, like, you know. and the thing is, like, even the way you feel, like, you should still feel free to label yourself. Mm-hmm. You, like, you don't, shouldn't necessarily feel like you have to label yourself as bi or yeah. pan. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it, I have, you know, I've heard it described as, like, gay light. It's oh. like, oh, people are just doing that to like dip their toe in the water. <laughs> and then once they've done that, they'll, you know, then they'll dive right in. And it's, yeah. So it's like a trial run. We yeah, get a trial period for being gay. It's like, it's like I've got the heterosexuality, you know, mm. uh, safety net to fall back on. Yeah. <laughs> we can always I, come I running back to that. This, I can give it a little trial. Yeah. Dip, dip your toe in the gay water. It's rainbow coloured, it's, it's very, lovely. It's very warm, yeah, it's very warm and <laughs> rainbow coloured. So, we're coming to the end of um, Pride Month. 
Yes. Which, which oh, but literally, it's it's finished. Well, today, yeah, it's finished. It's finished today first, yeah. as we're recording. So all the companies will have immediately ripped the rainbows off their logos. Um, yep. For the benefit of our audio listeners, you're wearing the most incredible rainbow dress. I'm going to say, so oh, dress or top? It's a it's a top. It's got a skull because I'm edgy. <gasps> you know. Oh, you're an edgy gay. I love it. Uh, I'm an edgy gay, yes. (laughs) So you've got this beautiful rainbow top on with a skull in the middle of it. Yes. How do you feel about Pride in general and particularly about this whole, as soon as it's the 1st of July, the gays don't exist anymore? I mean, I I don't have a connection to Pride yet. Because basically, as I was, you know, finding out myself, obviously COVID hit. Mm. So there's not, I've not been to a parade yet. Oh, wow. You know? Okay. Um, I never even went to one before. Like, not that I wouldn't have, but I just, I think I was still dealing with feelings that I didn't quite, un- you know, couldn't quite understand. And I didn't feel like I had, and to be honest, and I know we'll probably talk about it, but I still feel straight, you know, being in a, like, uh, serious heterosexual relationship Mm. i still feel scared anxious you know um i would pull you up on heterosexual relationship though because you being in a relationship and a committed happy one with a man doesn't make you any less bi i know that's a lot to accept and it's like it's something loads of people struggle with but i would pull you up on it and say that it's not a heterosexual relationship because you're still bisexual Yes, but I think when we live in a world of sort of compulsory heterosexuality, if mm-hmm. someone sees me and my husband with our son, then they just think hundred percent happy heterosexual yeah. relationship. Yeah. You know, straight um, passing. I believe they call it. <laughs> yes. Oh God. <laughs> well, what what does it mean to look gay? Like, do I have to ha- hold hands with another woman? I feel like that's part of the problem this whole like looking gay thing if you're someone like us who doesn't see people that look like us who happen to be gay or bi or whatever it's like you don't see that representation and you assume well I I obviously can't be then I must be a straight woman yeah because that's what they look like and then and then it leads to that imposter syndrome where Mm -hmm. it's like well maybe I'm not gay enough maybe I'm not this and that enough so like because of obviously dealing with that, I've not been to Pride, and then you know there hasn't been any Pride parades recently. Um, and uh, there was some weird things with Glasgow Pride a few years ago, um, where I don't know the in depth, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But there was some weird opinions from one side, and then it split off, and then there was two of them that got very complicated and very kind of messy. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's all kind of settled now, but you know that was quite like I was like, oh, I don't even know where I stand on this. You know, I don't know where to go, mm. kind of thing. So that was, I mean, that's a good few years back now, but that was a strange thing. What was that um, about? What were that? Was the differing opinion? I, from what I remember, but don't quote me because it was a few years. I won't ago, quote you. I promise. <laughs> there was some potential sort of transphobia. Or someone didn't want a drag queen or a drag king or something okay. like that performing. That's and then obviously sake. you had two two groups, one group who agreed and then one group who didn't. And then it kind of split off into two sort of things. So it was, 
I, I, I remember I was on the sort of outskirts of, of noticing what was what happened, yeah. but I wasn't in it. So it was um it was quite messy. Um I don't know what's happened now, like I say, because it's not happened the mm. last few years. So um like that probably put me off a little bit because I was like, Oh, I don't wanna like <laughs> I don't wanna accidentally, you know, support um people with really shitty views. <laughs> um but the, the whole corporate pride thing, I mean I mean, does anyone really like it? Mm. Apart from the corporations who are making money because they go, hey, we've got a rainbow t-shirt, buy it. Yeah, but before we get on to the corporations aspect, I just want to quickly touch on the pride thing again because of something you said. Okay. Um, I wonder, because like I I literally only got a couple in because I only have only last four or five years, I'd say, known that I wasn't straight. So I only got a couple of prides in before COVID hit. And... I, did you ever do the thing that I used to do, which was I fully support Pride and I'm glad that you're having it, but because I'm such a super good ally, I'm not going because it's not for me. I shouldn't be there. Yes. It, <laughs> um, it's, yes, I've definitely, definitely had that. Like, I don't want to take up the space of someone else who really needs literally this. Literally that. You know? Literally yeah. that. I shouldn't yeah. be there because I'm a straight person, therefore I yeah. don't want to take up space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, that's that's the exact same thing. Oh, so you know, I'll, so I'll just gay. observe it. <laughs> we're so secretly gay. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so you know, I'll just observe it from a distance. I'll yeah. be happy for you, and yes. I'll support you. I'll you know, support you. But, um, I won't go because maybe I'll get in the way. Maybe all my straightness will get in the yeah, way. You know? I'm too good an ally. <laughs> I'll turn up wearing my black clothes. You'll yeah. be all in bright colours, yeah. and I won't know what to do. I'm not you stealing know. your rainbow. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So corporations, then. Um, I have opinions. So it's like, here's the thing: as as a queer person, I will jump at any chance to buy something with a rainbow on it. This much is true. Yes. I know this. I know this about myself. I accept it as a thing. However, I think where they do. Where they actually give money, where they give some of their profits to LGBT plus charities with the stuff that they're selling, I think that's so much better. Like I've got a Jolie yeah. Beauty Proud palette where five pound of every palette goes to act, for example. Yeah. To me, that's doing a good thing. I'm buying a rainbow, but also they're donating money to somewhere that needs it. Yeah. However, most of them <laughs> are just like, buy our rainbow shit. And then 1st of July, you're all dead to us. Thank you very much. It's on sale in pre-mark you know because yeah. you don't want to buy it anymore you don't want to be gay um, on the first of july that's it we've no, stopped no. being gay now we're only gay for a month we only buy rainbows crawl back, June. <laughs> we crawl back underground into our little gay burrows there's something really weird happened today strangely enough in that so i kind of see what they're saying but i also disagree with it right so okay basically there is there's a thing called pride cymru and they've announced today that they've removed the rainbow from all of their social media to make the point that come the first of july all the corporations remove their rainbows and it felt like i see the point you're trying to make but i'm not convinced Mm -hmm. trying to make yourself more invisible is making the point that you wanted to make yes doesn't it doesn't it just make them look like they're doing the same thing that's what it felt like yeah, it seemed like i feel a like there's other take. ways to protest yeah. you should be making yourself bigger to protest rather than smaller. add more bloody rainbows that's what i yeah. say yeah 
I will add a rainbow every month until... I will tweet a rainbow equal. every hour until corporations put a rainbow back in their icon. <laughs> yeah. Fuck's sake, Apple. Come on, put your icon back. I, th- I think what bugs me is that even though I, I appreciate that companies might do things with charities, and obviously they can't support pride charities all the time because, no. you know, they're supporting other charities as well. But Are it's they, like, though? That's my question. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the other thing. Let's uh, let's, pre- let's pretend. Let's know. give them the benefit um, of the doubt and say that they're yeah. the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, but, like... Um, I totally lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, it's like the the issue I have is when you have companies that never so are rather unpolitical, will never talk about any kind of gay rights or anything like that, and then they're very supportive and political. Because yeah. how are we meant to see that as anything but just an empty gesture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, companies I, I that don't, don't put their see- money where their mouth is at all. Yeah. I don't see any other way mm. of of seeing that. Um, I mean, I was talking to you about um, the the captain of the England team had a rainbow armband. Yeah. Um, and uh, the UEFA, the the football, you know, company, people, organization, whatever they are, um, investigated it because um, in, in case it was a political. Now I don't know if this comes off the whole. Uh, Black Lives Matter taking knee thing. Mm. I don't know if they're a bit antsy because of that, because that kind of happened in football recently. Um, but there was also, I think, um, one stadium wanted to light its uh, light itself up in rainbow colours, and UEFA said no. But they said, okay, we'll let you have the armband on your like the England captain, and that was a very very weird thing. Um, maybe it's really important because football's known for being, you know, racist and homophobic and everything. Mm. So maybe it's important to have that kind of representation. Yeah. But it still feels hollow when you're not going to do that the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, it feels like it's just like gay people become invisible, mm-hmm. you know. But it drives me insane you- that both racism and homophobia not being those things is apparently a political act is it well yeah believing in human rights is a political act apparently (laughs) apparently so um (laughs) and i just i mean it's we live in a fucking you know like commercial society it is is how we live but it is dire and i think it's worse because people buy into it you know yeah and I think people maybe naively are like, well, it's good. It's good to get, like, you know, the word out there. It's good to get the coverage from these big companies. And it's like, well, yeah, but they're acting like you're only important one month mm. out of the year. I don't think that's enough. I, it's just not enough anymore. And well, I also and feel I, like if you notice all the bloody reactions to those posts, there are so many homophobic bellends in those posts. Oh, going, yeah. This is disgusting. I'm going to boycott you and I'm not going to buy your stuff. Yeah. It's like, for fuck's sake, it's 21, 2021, and you're still tweeting at a can of soup to say, <laughs> I'll never buy you again oh, yeah. because you showed two men kissing. Fucking get over I yourself. I literally saw that um, there was a Barclays Bank advert and it was talking about pronouns 
and they were like, you know, we will. I don't really know what the the advert was saying. Let's be honest. It was basically like, hey, it's okay if you've got pronouns. Um, <laughs> but you know, so the bank has told yeah. you it's okay to have a pronoun. So that's yes. Nice. And um, there was many many comments under that, being like, I will, I will not use Barclays. Barclays is not the bank for me anymore. And you know, it's like, well, you just use the load of pronouns, mate. I don't know. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't know what your problem is, you know. Um, yeah, that's Twitter is a bit of a cesspool. Let's be honest; it's it's not good <laughs> for that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's not the best. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think it's been nice for like okay, obviously. You see the good side of it, where people will sort of come out of the woodwork and say, look, you're being a homophobic asshole. Yeah. Stop doing that. But then the fact that it's like, you know, <laughs> the fact that those people are out there feeling like it's okay to go, well, how dare you provide representation for this underrepresented group? <laughs> yeah. It's like, mate, you've got the rest of the year. Sit down. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like how um, is it Richard Heron does the whole um, International Women's Day thing. Oh, you know, like when that. when you've got all the the men who are like, oh, uh, International Women's Day, yeah. Wednesday, International, and he's like, oh, it's it's on this day. Right? Yeah, where you just don't notice every year response. Yeah, what you actually want to do is you just want to be mad about this. You yeah. don't actually want to support something. It, it's in the time it's taken you to write that angry tweet, you could have Googled when is International Men's Day and found yeah. out the answer. But your anger is more important yeah. for you, you know. But like, you know, yeah. in terms of Richard Herring, what's nice about that is he does obviously donate the money. Yes, because he did. I think it was shelter last year. I want to say. I think it was, it was one of the homeless. Or it, was, it was a women's charity, wasn't it? It was a women's charity mm-hmm. because, yeah, obviously he's spending all day responding yeah. to tweets, going, "It's this dict." Yeah, I don't know what and day every it is tweet because I don't care. <laughs> no, exactly. I've got no idea what it is. <laughs> Richard Herring knows. I don't know because I don't care. All right. I'm just glad he's, you know, he's answered all these wankers. Yeah, and the fact it's coming from a man, I think, is important as well, because it's like, instead of, it's not women having to defend themselves again, it is a man, a cis man, actually taking control of it and going, you're all a bunch of bellends, here it is. Yeah. (laughs) And that's like, that's um, that's a good argument for why, like, that kind of stuff, um, whether it's about women or it's about, you know, gay people or that, why, like, some people who are not in this circle speaking up can actually be really powerful. Mm-hmm. But um, that can get a bit messy, you know, with are they just taking the attention away from, yeah. you know, other people? Or in, like, his case, like you say, because it's men who are yeah. shouting about it, it's, like, it's good because, well, they're going to listen to him mm. more than they would a woman. That's because the sad fact, isn't it? That is a yeah. sad fact. Well, women don't deserve a day. What are you talking about? Don't listen you know? to women, my God. No. You should be in the kitchen. (laughs) That's how they talk. I mean, like, that's how they talk. The way they talk about women or Mm. gay people or trans people, it is like, are you literally from the dark ages? Because... Maybe they've got a time machine and that's what's happened. They've just come too far forward and gone, oh, no, look at all this equality happening. Fuck this. The first thing they did was get a mobile phone, yeah. sign up for Twitter. Sign up for Twitter. 
sense of it right to be honest i think that's the interesting thing in terms of like because allies has always been a bit of a contentious issue i found speaking to people mm-hmm. in that i think obviously like you say it can be are you stepping on any toes are you taking up space where you shouldn't be taking up space however there's an aspect of it i think where it's just it's so exhausting to fend off the same fucking shit all the time that now and again it's just nice for like a cis het person to step up and go do you know what i'll take this one it's fine yeah yeah and, you know, in, in the case of, like, Richard Herndon International Men's Day thing, you could say that there is always a possibility that if someone does have a problem, if a straight person has a problem with gay people, mm. there's more chance that they will listen yeah. to another... That's a very slim chance. Yeah. But there is more chance they will listen to another straight person than a gay person. It's someone that's like so, them, and it's like they, you know, someone... Like, if they're a cishet white man... And another cis het white man says to them, you know, this is the yeah. thing, then maybe yeah. they might listen. Who knows? You never know. There is a chance hope. that they might listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's have a chat then about so I think we touched on it earlier. So this thing about this straight passing privilege mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It sounded like did that mean that means quite a lot to you? I get the impression that's a Thing. I think it's something I've still not come to terms with in in where in where I fit in in the group because I know I'm very privileged in the you know I am you know a white cis woman who is in a relationship with a white cis man I'm very aware that I have a hell of a lot of privilege and seeing what you know people do have to fight through. And again, like, you know, what what is straight passing? Let's be honest, how the hell can you judge yeah. if someone's gay or whatever by looking at them? You can't. But, you know, if I'm out with my husband, it's very, very clear that, uh, you know, it's a woman and a man. Yeah. And if that was two men out, then they're going to, you know, it's a bit more obvious. And... So, or or they're, they're going to go look at those two buddies out for a drink together. <laughs> that's very true. Those really good pals. <laughs> look at those best friends. <laughs> I hope they get. I hope they get buried next to each other because they're such yeah. good friends. They're just out for a um, drink. <laughs> I, I saw one. I saw one recently. It was another. Um, you know, hey, these two males appear to have been buried together hundreds oh. of years ago. I think they were really good colleagues. They might have been roommates. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my god, god they were they roommates. Were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that that is what our mind went to. Vines, like twenty years ago. <laughs> oh, Vines is like all of my all of my comedy is is from Vines. That's all I've got. <laughs> Vines and like nineties TV shows. Um. But yeah, so so I'm I'm very aware of that, and I think that is where I still, as a personal thing, have trouble with, like, what can I do? You know, how do I use this privilege in a positive way? Um, And I've still not quite worked that out, you know? That's a really positive approach to it, though. So, I mean, it's like, what else can I do? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, but, you know, apart from, like, speaking out about things myself, I'm like, 
I think it's just a, like maybe it's because it's still new, you know, like because it has only been the last couple of years and maybe in like five years time I will be much more comfortable and you know um I don't I don't get me wrong, I don't like the fact that it's like there is so much buying pan erasure. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like the fact that if you see a man and a woman together, you instantly presume that they are cishet. Yeah. 100% it's, you it do. is it's frustrating as all hell. But hopefully, you know, maybe give us like 20, 30, 500 years, that might slowly change in that it's not immediately presumed. Mm. And then, I mean, let's be honest, why do you need to know? No, exactly, exactly. I I know that I've been guilty of it before. So it's like when I Mm. um, did my big back and forth commute to London for the comedy course every week, I remember there was a couple on the way back, seem- seemingly a cis hair couple, but I didn't know that, who were just like on each other's laps and snog each other's faces off. And I was just like, oh God, I could do without this. But immediately my brain was like, oh, well, they're straight people. And they might not have been. For all I know, both of them could have yeah. been bi. Who knows? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's like an ingrained bloody societal thing that you just, because you just assume there's this, this heterosexual yeah. heteronormativity thing that just yeah. messes with your head. And it's, I honestly think that's one of the most dangerous things that um, is so prevalent. Um, I think it causes so many issues. And like, I mean, like I say, in a, in a utopia, people shouldn't need to come out because they shouldn't be presumed to be heterosexual. And if you're not presumed to be heterosexual, then you don't need to declare your sexuality to the rest of the world. Yeah. Now I understand how that's powerful for people and... But it should be a choice if you want to do that. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because it shouldn't be presumed that you're going to be straight. Yeah. And it it happens all the time. You know, it happens to kids. It's, I mean, I, I've oh, got a son God. myself and I see it, you know, and like from babies, from nursery age, you know, it's just presumed that they're going to be straight mm-hmm. and cis. And... You know, that is like, it angers me, you know? Yeah. But I think, I don't know if I'm more angry because, again, it's all quite new to me because, like, five, six years ago, I I thought the same, mm. you know? I, I, I didn't even question it. Yeah. I just, because it wasn't until I started thinking about it and thinking about how the world operates and everything that you see how it's just so geared towards being cishet. Mm-hmm. And everything else is like an anomaly that, you know, is, is kind of over here somewhere. I wonder, because it's true for me, so it might be true for you, I think the reason I get so angry about it is because I feel like it absolutely affected my journey. Because everything 100%. was always assumed about me. I mean, I look at it now with like my nephews and what have you, and it's like, oh, we look at these embarrassing pictures we can show their girlfriends in the future. Yeah. And you know, if you've got a boy and a girl that are born around the same time and they're friends, everyone goes, oh, when they're older, they're going to get married yep. and they're going to have kids. Yep. And it's like, yep. maybe they won't though. Maybe yeah. stop forcing that onto children. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I it's mean, it's like, all about shoving you know, homosexuality down bloody throats. Maybe don't shove down het. I would say, like, they're they're tiny, and you know, they're like brains are like spongy. So that's what they soak in. 
And then, you know, it's like they see media and 99% of it is straight. And then when something isn't straight, it's seen as, like I say, it's almost like an anomaly. Like, mm-hmm. that's different. Um, you know, that's like it's something that has to be taught in schools and explained and, yeah. you know, this kind of thing. And, and parents get upset that they're being taught that in schools. <laughs> Because you, because you might make them gay. You're gonna make by them the gay. That's how that works. <laughs> That's what they believe. I tried thirty uh, years to be straight. I can guarantee you, it doesn't work. <laughs> and not even, not even if you think really, really, really hard yeah. about it. Yeah, it, it eventually is gonna come out. I'm sorry. That's what's gonna happen. Um, I just want to pull um, up something Lono said before we go on because I think it's really important because yeah. they also mentioned um, about being a bisexual person gives you a certain amount of privilege anyway yeah. because you're sort of straight passing if you like. Yeah. Um, he says, as a parent, the battle against cishet normativity is real. My children were given multiple mantras to help them remember and have to be deprogrammed on a weekly basis due to their peers and even some adults. And I live in one of the most progressive locations in the entire U.S. That's yeah. amazing, De- isn't it? Deprogrammed is the exact word because I've had it myself with my son. Yeah. Where he said something and I've had to be like, oh, but it might not be like that. Or it might yeah. change or it might be whatever. So, you, do, yeah, that's the exact word. It's deprogramming. Mm. And guess what's easier? It's easier not to do that <laughs> and just let them... Just let them know. find out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let, let them go through years of turmoil and lots of questioning and then, you know, end up like us. And then fucking... be really angry about your childhood. <laughs> yeah. I'd tell you the thing that makes me really sad and I'm aware, I mean, maybe this is the imposter syndrome thing to a degree, but I'm aware that I am doing this to myself, right? Um, mm. My sister is incredibly, like, queer friendly, has, like, even since we were kids, you know, she had gay friends and they were always around the house and all this kind of stuff. So there's literally not an issue there. When I, mm. when I came out to her, she's been taken an interest in it as in, like, you know, where are you? Where, what do you think you are? Whatever. Um, but I'm very aware that I have never made any deal about me not being straight to my nephews because there is a bit of me that is terrified of, quote, influencing the children. And it's like, I feel like I can't be 100% me in front of them anymore because, you know, they've known me. They went to my wedding to a man. So as far as yeah. they're concerned, I am just straight anti-gen. And yeah. it's like I, the fact I re- I catch myself doing it. I'm like, I'm really careful about what words I use and not using mm-hmm. any sort of like feminine pronouns if I've gone out on a date or something. Yeah. And I hate that that's a thing. It's horrible. That's a it's programming. Horrible that you have to do that. Yeah. Mm. And um like it's um yeah, it's just shit. <laughs> it's really 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 shit. And um yeah, I mean I suppose it is like a, a you know, a part of the imposter syndrome. Mm. Um but also not like you say, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, not not yet. You know, I've not got my certificate yet. Yeah. <laughs> I've not got a girlfriend, <laughs> therefore I'm not gay enough. Yeah. I'm not past the gates, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, a lot of it's like um, when you, especially when you deal with like other parents. So every parent has got different ideas about things, but it also means that their ideas could be: is it okay to be gay or not? Yeah, you know, and that could be something that is taught or not taught to their kids. And if you overstep that line you know, then the parents could be angry at you. Yeah. 
And you just, you don't want that kind of, it's been described in the chat as being drama for talking politics. It's like, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it's really important to me, it feels like, to the, obviously to everybody else, it's nothing. And it's like, well, okay, but at the moment I'm kind of pretending to be somebody that I'm not, you know? But what, what drives me insane is that from a parent's point of view, I want what is best for my child, yeah. right? And surely their emotional well-being and their happiness is one of those top priorities. Now, knowing that they could be of any sexuality or, you know, any gender or whatever, for a parent, I'm wanting to say it is okay. He's, you know, I, I can't explain all of the things that you might experience, but, you know, I can let you know that whatever you experience is okay. Yeah. I will be there for you. You know, it's, oh, don't ever feel weird about who you're attracted to or how you feel, you know, I will be there, I will support you. And it blows my mind that other parents don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's sad. It's really, really sad. It feels like a really easy lesson as well. And it's just like, hey, just treat people like human beings. To me, yeah. that's, that's the grounds of it. Treat everybody exactly as they want to be treated and be nice to everybody. Yeah. That's the lesson. I mean, how many people do you know who are gay and have had, like, family members say to them, oh, well, I guess grandkids are out of the question then? Yeah. Right? Mate, they wrote right. the question before <laughs> I knew I wasn't straight. I can tell you now. Yeah. And not for but, me. You know, obviously you're presumed to be straight and you're presumed that you're going to have kids. I've said before as well, the thing that I find really, really strange is since I have come out, I've, and I've called my mother on this, she's got this whole thing in her head about how it's like, oh, you're better off on your own, love. It's like me being alone forever is preferable to me getting a girlfriend. Yeah. It's yeah, because like, no, maybe that's, that's easier. not okay. Maybe yeah. that's easier for her to deal with, that you're unhappy. Yeah. But you're not gay. Me being a sad old divorced lady gay. is fine, as long as nobody knows that I'm in a queer relationship. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I didn't have a great childhood for, you know, non-gay related reasons. But it, it just, I don't understand why you wouldn't want the best for your kids. Mm -hmm. And the fact that for some people, their kids being gay can be like, they want to throw them out. I know. I'm like, what? What the hell? Why did you have a kid in the first Imagine place? Imagine doing that to your own child. That blows right. my mind. Like, just why on earth did you even have a child in the first place? If, you know, and, and then you've got the whole fucking gender reveal and all, mm. you know, oh, I really hope I have a boy. And Seriously, can we, like, outlaw gender reveals at this point? Well, they, they've been killing themselves doing it, so... Literally! You know. starting, starting forest fires yeah. killing people it's like and yeah. just for the sake of some genitals yeah because did you see that the woman who invented them basically has completely gone no. against them anyway so one, oh, of, really? one of her children um i forgive me i forget what the situation was either i think one of their children might be non-binary and they're either non-binary mm. or they were trans um, but basically, she was like, well, look, I was totally wrong. I've given my child the wrong gender reveal as it is. I don't mm -hmm. support this as a thing anymore because you don't know what that child is at that point. Because the child doesn't know. The child can't even speak English. Yeah. Yeah. You know? it's, it is mind-blowing. 
like the idea that you could want and then i mean i think this goes back to a lot of like old you know christian ideals and all that like you know that if you have a boy then you know you've got like someone to carry on the family name and you know all that kind of thing and but then if you've got a girl you know um well if you're a girl you've got help (laughs) yeah (laughs) you've got a maid yeah, got something to cook and clean, so. <laughs> Can I talk about your queer media recommendations, please? Um, yes. Um, what do you recommend one... to me to be a better gay? Um, so, <laughs> short, do you want me to show it off? Yeah. I'll describe it for our audio listeners, though. Right, give me a second. Okay. <laughs> So it's the essential dikes to watch out for. It's Alison, is it Bechdel? Bechdel? I'm never I always, sure I always say Bechdel, I think, but I, I might be making that up. Because um, I, like, I don't even know where she's from, mm. so I don't know how you would pronounce it. I think, is she American? I, mean, I, pref- I, I think so. I think so. Um, but yeah, it's a compilation of... Um, she used to write um, little single-page comics um in various sort of queer publications actually yeah because i think the publications were like in new york and stuff like that um just about like her her life and what was going on and but it's very um so it's all like 90s so it's all very um what was happening at that time especially in america Mm. Um, and you know it's not it's not like all like hugely political or anything like some of them are just like little little stories and stuff but it's um, a lot of it's about like her discovering herself and her, you know, learning who she is and um, in like the sort of uh, gay community and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's I'm only about halfway through. It's one of those things that I just kind of pick up and read a couple of pages because the pages are just like the little comics. Um, so it's just something that I like pick up and um, you know read a couple of. But it's interesting to see, especially going back to the sort of 90s because you know I was like I was a kid in the 90s and um I I don't you know have a clue what was going on in that time you know and um, (laughs) it's yeah it's quite I highly recommend it um because that's obviously um the inventor of the Bechdel test yeah yeah yeah. or or however you pronounce it um which uh as we've discovered when you learn it, it ruins every single piece of media. <laughs> so it really every, does. It really does. It really like, fucks it. It really. There's like five films in the history of mankind. <laughs> that, that there's genuinely it. a website that literally tracks films that yeah. do pass the Bechdel test. So it's like yeah. they've, they've literally like the fact that you can categorize it on a single website of all the movies that exist yeah. is terrifying to me if you want to depress yourself yeah. take your favorite movies put them in there i, I guarantee See if they like, pass. yeah most of them won't <laughs> but i think it's fascinating that it took a lesbian woman to look at that and pick up on it as a thing and go yeah. i've just noticed that literally it's never two women just talking about anything yeah. other than a dude yeah like you wouldn't and, have got and- that from a cishet no, I and the think. thing is, it's like the lowest bar. 
that's not a high bar that we're asking no. for. It's the lowest Literally bar. that. It's the tiniest, tiniest um, thing. Let them have personalities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Retrofora um, thinks the website is the just beckdeltest.com. Right. Which, yeah, so we'll all be on that later. <laughs> makes for a fun, depressing, <laughs> depressing search. And then the thing is, like, my problem with sort of queer media on, like, TV and movies, not that I know a lot of it but I'd like to find some that isn't depressing as yep. all hell mm-hmm. because I distinctly remember there's a queer film festival in possibly Manchester I'm okay. not sure um, but the um, during the Glasgow Film Festival last year I was uh, working with it and so I was in this talk and it featured uh, the people in the panel were from different film festivals. So I think there was someone from like the Icelandic Film Festival, you know. So it was a, a, a good collection. And one of them was uh, this person that runs the Queer Film Festival. Um, I think it's I think it's Manchester, but don't don't quote me on that. And she was like, I have to go through all the submissions, and she was like, it's depressing. Because if I see one more queer film mm. or, you know, little uh, short film where, like, someone dies or someone's incredibly depressed, she was like, I- I've just, you know, I want to quit because that is all I see. One more bury your gaze trope. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, it's like there's nothing worse than when you're watching a show, maybe not necessarily, you know, a, a-, a queer show, but you get, like, some nice representation in yeah. it. What do they do? Mm. They go and kill them off, you know, every time. I've said before, just, one of one of my favourite queer films of recent history is a film called Happiest Season, which mm-hmm. I believe is Kristen Stewart and somebody else whose name escaped me, sorry. But, like, it's a really lovely film and it's about two girlfriends who are going home to, like, their parents' house for Christmas. Nobody dies, I will spoil that, nobody dies. Okay. But... Like, they go to her her girlfriend's house for Christmas because one of them likes Christmas and one of them hates it and the one who loves Christmas is like, come come back to see my family, we'll go and see together. And when they get there, it turns out that the one who loves Christmas has never come out to her parents. So it's like there's this whole, like, coming out drama and her parents are a little bit homophobic and it's like, I know that you needed, like, a disruptor and you needed a little bit of a a thing to get the story going. Did it have to be she hasn't told her parents she's gay? Because we've seen why this a it, lot. Why did it have to be that? Homophobic you know? parents is a done thing. We've seen it. Like, I mean, yeah. It was literally it's in Love depressing. Victor last week as well. But he's uh, thankfully they're addressing that in that he's now standing up to his parents for being homophobic and going, that's my boyfriend, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you ever watch um, Queer as Folk? I loved Queer as Folk. Yes. The, Brit- so that, the British you know, one, I assume. I didn't have oh, a, yeah, a lot yeah, of love for the American remake. We don't, we don't talk about the American one. Um, that should have been a really, really good... Cause, like, that, so I must have been about like 14 when that came out. And yeah. I was obsessed with that. Same. It do you, have do been you a, think a, that it was trying to tell us something that we were both obsessed with? It should have been... <laughs> no, like actually, I just really liked it for the writing. I, I just thought the stories were really good, though. <laughs> and you know, it didn't matter when those two gay, men were having like, sex you know, in the shower. <laughs> I just thought it was really artistic. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love when people find out that um, not only did Russell T. Davis write that, yeah. but also that it's like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. No, is it? Yeah, that's um, Aidan Gillen plays. Oh. What's that? I can't. Sure. Stuart. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he went on to be Littlefinger in uh, Game of Thrones. And then the one of the dudes in. Is it thingy? What's the motorcycle? Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what the like one of the main dudes from that is uh, was also in it as well. <laughs> um, it's just it's brilliant. Fair play to them. Yeah. See, I yeah. didn't watch enough Game of Thrones to know who Littlefinger was, so the fact that I, it's now Stuart from Queer as <laughs> Folk, I'm thrilled by. You. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's an interesting character, to be honest, but um, in Game of Thrones. Um, but yeah, I think it's just funny when people find out that, that so they were doing like explicit sex scenes on Channel 4. Yeah. <laughs> like, like fucking, like, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> I also love the fact that uh, Russell T. Davis said a lot of it was based on his youth. And I think yes. you can tell that from the time where one of them came, I've forgotten which one, what his name was. You know, the like innocent, not the kid, but the older sort of blonde, innocenty guy. Yeah. And he takes yeah. a date home to his house and it's just full of Doctor Who DVDs. And he's, yes. just, he's really proud of his collection. I was like, that's Russell's character. <laughs> yeah, there's so much Doctor Who in there. It's so funny. And I'm like, I see you. I see you. I see you laying the groundwork, Russell. I see what you I did see, there. I see who you are. Were you in love with your best friends by any chance? I, I will say, though, that um, something I discovered, because it turned out I hadn't cancelled my Disney Plus subscription like I thought I had. So I, this okay. month, I'm back on Disney Plus, and they've released this series, which is incredible. So there is a film, I will say, called Pride, which is one of my favourite films of all time, which is about um, how the gay community of like London paired up with the miners in a really tiny town in Wales when all the sort of Thatcherism miner strike okay. stuff was happening. It's beautiful. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. Um, yeah. But Disney Plus have released a series called Pride and some of the oh. stuff in it is just incredible. It's like... You see all these um, protests and stuff that were happening back in the 90s and all these really powerful things. You had like Audre Lorde doing poetry and trying to rouse people. Okay. And literally, I think it was 10 minutes in, somebody does this speech. And I'm annoyed I don't know who it is, right? Because the subtitles say who each speaker is until this one quote that I want to track down. And she yeah. says something along the lines of, and I'm going to misquote it because the problem is it's a quote that's been, I think, like... Um, it's been used in different areas as well, in different ways. Right. But she yeah. says, um, until all of us are free, none of us are free. And mm -hmm. I welled up like you wouldn't believe, because I thought that's as true today as it ever was. It's like, yeah. look, we're all fighting on the same side here. We should yeah. all be fighting for everybody. And the fact that not everybody is yeah, absolutely kills me. Oh, yeah. And, you know, then you have, like, infighting and it's all mm -hmm. like, you know, like, we, we can't we can't be doing this. You know, we need to be fighting against the bigger the bigger thing. They were saying like, stronger I, together again, like 30 years ago. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We've, we've done this. Well, like, you know, that was the anti-Brexit <laughs> campaign. So let's just steal it for <laughs> Stronger together, all the gays. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you wanted to touch on, I mean, I think it was in as part of a bigger conversation about the pride flag being kind of um, adopted for other stuff. So mm-hmm. the fact that now that we're in this pandemic, I've seen a lot of it, like potentially homophobic people hanging mm-hmm. pride flags and going, look, I'm supporting the NHS. And it's like, I just worry that in some ways it makes it a little less safer for some people because you, you might go to someone assuming that that's a safe place because they've got a rainbow all over their bloody house. And then it turns yeah. out, no, actually, I'm still a raging bigot. It's just, I like I like yeah. this rainbow. Yeah, it's um, it's it's frustrating because the people that don't know the difference, say between a rainbow for the NHS and a pride flag, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're more likely to be homophobic yeah. and stuff. Because if you're if you're not, it, you know, if you support the gays, you know, then you know what a pride flag is, and it's yeah, it's like I I, I just. I just don't understand why they had to choose a rainbow because mm. it's a very, very, like, it's already being used. You know, mm. it's already, if you see a rainbow, that should be some kind of indicator that it's something to do with someone who's not straight, you know, and now it's not. Mm. It's taken that away. Um, I think- and I think it's quite... No, go on. Sorry, carry on. I was just going to say, I think my issue with it is specifically that colour banding. So you could have yeah. all the rainbows you want as long as it's not those six colours in that order. Because to yeah. me, those colours are tagged for something specific. Because that's not yeah. what the colours of a rainbow is anyway. Yeah. Have an actual rainbow. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's so many, you know, like, there's many different symbols that could have been chosen for mm. that to be the specific one, it's frustrating because it's like it's not like the pride flag is a new thing. No, was that from the fucking sixties, seventies? Yeah, you know, it's pretty established <laughs> what that is and what it's for. I think and the thing that concerns me is that we had the police visit my house. No, not my house. I had the police visit my street a few weeks back just to sort of talk to all the neighbours about something. And mm-hmm. when she opened the door to me, now I've got this uh, rainbow Apple Watch strap that's in, in the pride colours. And the d- police officer was wearing the same thing. And I went, oh, look, you've got one as well. And she mm-hmm. said to me, like, I was thinking, I was clearly thinking you're obviously in the community because that's what that means if you're wearing that watch. And she yep. said to me, she went, oh, yeah. She said, you see a lot of them, see a lot of them about now, don't you, these days? Because, you know, the NHS and everything. And I was thinking, please tell me you haven't got a rainbow watch strap for the NHS. Please. Because I don't think I could take it. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's it's scary, I think. I think it's um I don't know, like I'm hoping it will go away. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping it will be a thing that'll die out. But then there is still that worry that people are gonna associate rainbows with the NHS. So if you have anything, yeah. people are gonna presume that you're and you know, I do support the NHS. However, yes, however you know, if I'm wearing something rainbow related, it's not for that. Mm. You know. It's for something else because I want to indicate to other gay people, hey, I'm I'm safe hey. or you know, 
I, th- I think there's a concern as well in that like the NHS have or always had pre-pandemic these little badges that have got the rainbow colours, the actual pride colours with NHS written on it. And it was one of those mm-hmm. things that they'd obtained to, you know, show that they supported and they were a safe place. And if you were in that community, then they were a safe doctor to talk to and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm so concerned about the blurring in that yeah. regard because... To people, I mean, I guess if you're in that community, obviously you're going to know what that means. But are you going to think now, oh, that just that's just an NHS badge? Are you not going to know well, that's yeah. a safe space anymore? And there's also the possibility that someone could have got one of those badges thinking that it is mm. just for the NHS. So, you know, you could have a homophobic person wearing one of those badges, presuming it's just for the NHS because it's a rainbow. Yeah. And then there, you're, you don't have that that indicator that that person is safe anymore yeah you've got to be Um, extra cautious now because either they're a supporter or they're a knobhead who doesn't know what that means yeah because because you know it's like if you're supporting of of gay rights but you know say you're like hmm, what we're trying to go for i think it's just like it's blurring the lines between someone who will be safe especially in a medical situation you know if you're seeing someone in a medical situation yeah you know there's either something going on with you something going on with someone you love you know it's not uh you, you're generally not seeing someone in a medical situation for a hugely positive reason yeah so you're already vulnerable and now it's just like stripped away that opportunity for knowing you know just you know what it's like i mean i i feel anxious just going to the doctors yeah. and stuff so if i if there's something like that it's just something that would help take the anxiety away and now that's i think it's gone for now anyway yeah i mean maybe you're right maybe the optimism is once all this is over we'll just go back to going on the nhs great because they are but <laughs> let's all clap for them and give them no pay right yes let's, let's, let's all clap that's a whole other that's a whole other thing <laughs> um could you tell me please who your sleigh of the day is my sleigh of the day is the uh, magician extraordinaire darren brown oh don't call him a magician don't think he likes it well yes i know <laughs> I know, that's true. But he does call himself a mentalist, and I'm like, yes. that sounds weird. <laughs> I don't like using that word. I'm a mentalist. <laughs> that is, that's literally... I'm that's buzzing out me nuts, but... He's like, he's like um, tires <laughs> off uh, space. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pure mentalist. Just hearing dance he beats everywhere. <laughs> so why, I mean, is, why does, is he your slave of the day? I, like... I think it's because he's someone that I've followed for a very, very long time. Uh, before he came out and then after he came out, he came out very quietly. Um, and, you know, he's not, he's not, a, he's not a, a great, like, you know, huge, you know, he's not someone who talks about gay rights a lot or anything like mm. that. You know, he's, he's, not, he's not the best, <laughs> you know, sort of supporter. But from a like a personal point of view, I think what he showed was that, and I think what why it made it relevant for me is that the person that he was before he came out was basically the same. Now he does say himself that coming out did obviously relieve him of some anxiety, which is obviously totally understandable. Yeah. But he was still he was still the same person. Maybe even afterwards, he was able to become more of who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, his reason for doing, 
these kind of tricks and stuff beforehand was because he didn't feel secure in who he was. So he created this persona, he created this barrier um, because he didn't want people to know. He didn't want people to see the real him. He didn't want people to know he was gay. Yeah. Or, you know, he was. He at least had to deal with a lot of conflict because he grew up in a Christian family, mm. apparently went to a Christian camp to basically try and, like, deprogram himself yeah. um, when he was, like, a teenager. Um, you know, so he, he created this persona to create this barrier. So then when he did come out, he sort of let that drop. I always wondered if he, because he came out when he had a partner. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered if it was one of those weird media things where someone's got a photo of him and yeah. said, you better come out or I'm going to I'm gonna like expose you kind of thing, yeah. which happens a lot. And it's really disgusting. It um, could have been. It, well, it always made me wonder, you know, because it's like he'd, he'd stayed quiet about it for so long. It's quite private, um, well, isn't he? Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's not a public guy, you know. He's like, although I do love his Twitter account. Yes. Twitter is amazing. Who doesn't? It's, it's full of parrots, yep. dogs, and it's just the most <laughs> random stuff. Like, And so, some digs at his boyfriend. Random. Yes, yes, very occasionally. I think for um, me, what I'm fascinated with Darren is I was obsessed with Darren for a time. Just like I loved everything he did. I was on his forum. Mm-hmm. I was all this kind of stuff. And I think like I read all his books and I think what I found really fascinating looking back. There's so many parallels with me. It's unbelievable. But like he, he <laughs> in his book, he mentions this thing about going on dates with girls and saying, well, nothing really seemed to like he, he said it was never their fault but something always seemed to be missing. Now, this was when he was still, you know, everyone was assuming he was straight at this point. He hadn't yeah. come out. Yeah. And he talks about, you know, he just, he just, it came across like an anxiety thing where he was like, mm-hmm. I just feel something's wrong and I can't go any further with it, which I found fascinating. And I remember yeah. when he came out feeling genuinely really sorry for him. Like my <laughs> brain went to, oh, it's such a shame he's come out so late. Because if he'd known sooner, he could have had this big life, blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. like, mere years later, it's like, oh, oh, that might be why you felt that way. <laughs> maybe, maybe your brain was trying to tell yeah. you something there. Maybe if you knew sooner, Jen, I'm just saying. <laughs> just put it out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, um, I, yeah, I think it was just, there was that whole sort of like he I don't know it it did resonate not within the same way but it did resonate with me in ways that I didn't understand yeah I still don't really understand Mm -hmm. but there was just something about the way that he came out he'd obviously realized he was gay for quite a while before he came out yeah um you know and then let's say he had to either had to come out or just felt it was the right time which is also possible and it is like it's great when you see the stuff he's done since he's come out as well there is there is a you can you can sort of see you know you can sort of tell that like he he's he's mm. like dropped some kind of burden you know he he's like left some kind of yeah. baggage behind it seems like he's having um, more fun with it doesn't he yeah and i mean god can you imagine like being in the media and loving someone and not being mm. able to be in public with them yeah like that must be just absolute hell 
you know, and all that worry that if someone does catch you, then, you know, they're going to print it in the fucking sun, you know, yeah. and then you have to deal with all of that. Um, and then feeling like you have, I mean, again, like feeling like you have to come out comes back to the whole yeah. compulsory heterosexual thing. But like, I mean, I guarantee you there's a lot of people who've had to come out before they were ready. Yeah. Because yeah. not everyone's ready to come out in yeah. public as soon as they realize. But I also feel like to a degree, even if you're not a public person, when you do come out, it does feel like a weight has been lifted. Like you're not hide, mm. you're not having to be you with an extra layer on top of it where you're pretending to be somebody else. It's exhausting. Yeah. I think that's something I've struggled with because I don't feel like I have to come out. No. And that's that's another weird thing about like kind of being in a, like a long-term relationship that is is straight or appears straight mm. um, is that like you i'm like well i mean basically i'm like first of all it's no one's business yeah but um you know there's no real reason i don't have to come out in a way but i think that happens to a lot of uh, buying pan people as well it's not until you have a relationship with someone of the same sex yeah. that you have to kind of come out but you know you can have lots of straight appearing relationships and you don't need to come out because everyone presumes that's what you're going to do anyway yeah absolutely um so i'm afraid we are coming to the end of our time kaidi kade kade where can we find you if we want to find you again I am mostly on Twitch, um, so that's twitch.tv forward slash. So um, I'm going to spell it because if I'm I'm doing this for a podcast. Go for it. Um, it will be in the podcast both, description when it's on audio, but please do. <laughs> we, both, we both pronounce it different ways as well. It's K-A-E-D-E-S-M-I-T-H, Kate Smith, Kaidi Smith, um, <laughs> on Twitter under the same name. Um, I'm on YouTube as well. I've got like a wee YouTube channel where I put some uh, streams, but I'm not that frequent with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm on I'm on Twitch like every day apart from the weekends. Um, generally streaming <laughs> kind of theft auto role play right now because <laughs> I'm addicted. Because you're an addict. I'm, I'm I'm fully I'm right in there, mate. There's no hope for me there. <laughs> um. But usually doing a lot of variety of uh, a lot of different games. A lot of um, I actually picked up. Um, have you played Dream Daddy? I have played Dream Daddy. I, I picked made up my first Steam Daddy RuPaul <laughs> with long hair, long glorious hair. Oh, beautiful! I really want to date the like goth guy. <gasps> okay, I, really, I think he, I is he quite difficult to achieve, possibly. I, know, I can't remember his name, but I'm like, I'm into your aesthetic. I want to date you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I picked that up in the um, I picked up the Steam sale. So we'll probably be playing that soon. Amazing. Monster Camp is really good as well. Yes. I've never played that. I have, yes. I have. Look, all the yes. sort of queer visual novels, I'm all over. <laughs> yeah. Is Understandably. There, is there anything else you'd like to promote before we wrap up? Um... Oh, I don't know. I'm not very good at promoting myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, Kaeli's incredible and you should all follow her on all of the social media. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. So thank you for joining me, Kaeli Kada Kidi. 
kudu. <laughs> um, I will probably see you in GTA role playing very, very soon. I suspect. Yes, let's get up to some shenanigans. Amazing. Thank you for joining yes. me. Bye. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Good. Bye. 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 So that was Kayadi Smith. Um, just a lovely, lovely person to talk to. Um, it's been really interesting running these podcasts about how many people who are either, say, bi or pansexual who get this kind of uh, imposter syndrome around them. It's becoming such a common theme. And I think it's really important that we look at the fact that basically everybody feels the same because it's one of those things that I think a lot of people might feel alone um, feel like they're the only one who doesn't feel gay enough or what have you and honestly from all the chats I've had everybody feels that way <laughs> including me I also think that Kayadi addressed a really interesting point about um, the whole kind of reappropriation of a pride flag it is something that concerns me um, you know ultimately that's a symbol for where we're meant to feel safe and uh, as Kayadi rightly said it's going to be the sort of homophobic transphobes that don't know that that set of colorways has another meaning but who knows maybe it's one of those things that will die down a bit when we finally come out of the world being on fire uh, next week's guest is another wonderful twitch streamer called Moffzilla. you're absolutely going to love her because <laughs> i do if there are any sort of LGBT plus content creators, actors, comedians that you'd like to see interviewed, please feel free to suggest them to me. Uh, all the socials on ginnagaymaster.com. I've had a few recommended so far already, and I'm following up some leads on that. That's been really, really good to know the kind of people that you want to see or hear. See eventually when I upload them to YouTube. Have a wonderful week. Be gay. Do crimes. I will see you next Monday. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.